Hello there, my name is G2. I am here to bring you your NXT Vengeance Day review. Vengeance Day was a good pay-per-view or premium live event, whatever you want to call it. On the show, every championship in NXT was defended, and also you had a two out of three falls match between Apollo Crews and Carmelo Hayes. And to be honest, when I thought of the show, I thought Carmelo Hayes and Apollo Crews would start the show off first. But no, to start the show off, it will be the North American Championship match between the champion Wesley going against the challenger Dijak. And in my predictions, as I said, Wesley would win the match, but he would win by the skin of his teeth because Wesley would get some help in part thanks to Tony D'Angelo and Stax. When Dijak and Wesley were fighting outside of the ring, Dijak would lock Wesley in a chair by placing a broom in between the arms of the chair to make sure that Wes couldn't get out of the chair. Dijak would super kick Wes. This would knock Wes out in the chair. And then Dijak would go to the top rope. Tony D'Angelo and Stax would hop the barricade and shove Wes out of the way as Dijak would hit a moonsault and Dijak would land on Tony and Stax. Once Dijak got up, he got Wesley and throw him into the ring. Dijak would get on the ring apron to look to hit a springboard move, but he would eat a super kick on the way down, and this would allow West to finish Dijak off with a backflip Pele kick to the head to win the match. Now, this match was a hot and ready style match that got the crowd and everybody invested into the event. This was the best way to start the show off. Um, West and Dijak, they did everything imaginable. If you want to know what high-flying, uh, I'll put it like this. This is as close as you're going to get to the NXT that people were complaining about that they missed. The era of 2014 through 2020, or 2019, however you want to best categorize that. The golden era of NXT. That's what you got in this match. Wes and Dijak, they pulled out everything out of their books. Literally within, what, the first six or seven minutes in the match, you had Dijak hitting Wesley with a Death Valley driver outside of the ring, and then he threw Wes in the ring and then pinned him, and then Wes would kick out. Later in the match on, you would see them fighting on the ring apron. Uh, Wes would back body drop Dijak off the ring apron onto the floor, and they would still continue doing their business. To one point, I uh, saw Dijak trying to hit some type of powerbomb move off the top turnbuckle, but Wes would counter it, and Dijak would spike his head onto the mat, and that looks sick. But again, Wes had the speed throughout this whole match, but as I said before in my predictions, Dijak would use his power to basically counter every speed maneuver that Wesley would try to throw at him. However, it was the assisted help of Tony D'Angelo and Stax that gave Wes the win. And again, I knew Dijak wasn't going to win because... Tony D'Angelo and Stax on, I believe, the last episode of NXT or the week before, they mentioned how they still have unfinished business to do with Dijak. And I thought, okay, Dijak was going to lose, and then Tony and Stax would probably come out and beat up on Dijak after the match. I did not expect them to interfere in the match. I knew that their business was still not finished. But they interfered, and Wes would win the match. I would go out of my way to watch this match. Again, for the people that complain about NXT not being... 2014 era where everything was independent style, fast, ready, just high spots and everything. This is the match that you want to see to get that nostalgia feel out of old era NXT. And also, Dijak would break his finger. I don't know if it was his middle finger or the ring finger. 
because after the match would be done and Wesley still celebrating winning the North American Championship or retaining it, they would get a camera shot of Dijak like lifting his hand up and you saw like one of the fingers like bent to the side. And I said, oh, he broke his finger. And it was confirmed that he did break his finger. So Dijak, I don't know how long he broke his finger in the match, but just to wrestle still with a broken finger in the match with the stuff that Wes and him were doing, that needs to be commended. So I commend Dijak for pulling out through all that uh, pain and soldiering on throughout this hard-hitting, uh, fast-paced style match. But again, congrats to Wesley to still be a North American champion. Now, after that match, we've had the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship being defended. Champions, Katana Chance and Katie Carter going against the challengers, Kiana James and Fallon Henley with Briggs and Jensen in their corner. And we would get new NXT Women Tag Team Champions with Kiana and Fallon winning the match by pinfall when Caden and Katana were looking to hit their tag finish, the Neckbreaker 450 Splash combo on Fallon. Kiana would go up and push Katana off the top rope and have her crash onto the floor outside of the ring. This would make Caden look at Katana to make sure she's okay, and this would allow Fallon to get Caden in a pinning maneuver, and Kiana would hold Caden's legs down so that she couldn't kick out. So now we have new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. And to be honest, I did predict that these two would win the match to become new Tag Team Champions. And again, this is to further along the storyline of these two not being uh, the best of friends, these two not liking each other, or at least Fallon not liking Kiana, and Kiana's at least trying to make the team work because she's uh, doing this for Jensen, her dude that likes her. So she's trying to make this team work for him, and also she's trying to just win because her whole mentality is she wins at any means necessary, while Fallon, she's trying to do everything the right way, and that would play a part in this match as well whenever uh, Kiana would have one of the ladies by her hair and looking for Fallon to hit her, Fallon wouldn't do so. So again, we're still playing up the Kiana being the dirty player of the tag team while Fallon is being the clean player trying to do everything right by the books. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how this dynamic is going to play out on NXT because later backstage, the team of Kiana and Fallon with Briggs and Jensen, they would huddle up backstage and they would just commiserate about them winning the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. And it seems like a real happy moment, but reality is going to sink in on NXT and either Katana and Kaden tell uh, Fallon and Kiana that they didn't win clean. And then that's going to have the replay show up or either new challengers is going to want to challenge for the tag titles or is going to tell about them still not winning clean. So either way, NXT is going to be a fun time just to see how this story will progress with Kiana and Fallon and also them being new tag team champions is going to see how these two actually mesh together because they only had what one tag team match before they got this one. So technically this is their second tag team match legit as a tag team and they're tag champions. So it's going to be funny to see how they're going to move forward as a official tag team and see how long they're actually going to hold on to the tag team titles. Now, after this, we would get the two out of three falls match between Apollo Crews and Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams and Carmelo would hit a sweep on Apollo Crews. He would make Apollo uh, tap out in the first fall, giving Melo the first fall, and Melo would get the second fall by hitting nothing but net on Apollo, and as I said before, he swept him with a 2-0. 
I did not expect a 2-0 in the predictions. I said that, yo, I did not expect uh, Melo to hit a 2-0. They always go to 2-1 in wrestling when it comes down to two out of three falls. I don't remember the last time I saw a 2-0 sweep in wrestling, to be honest with you. And I said that almost verbatim in the predictions. And for this to happen here, I saw it. I was like, oh, so they did go to 2-0. And again, that was great here. Uh, Capallo and Carmelo, they had a great match here. I believe this was probably the longest match besides the North American match, to be honest, in this uh, pay-per-view. And the first fall, he got him to submit. The second fall, that's whenever Trick would do up to his dirty tricks and we would get some backup for Apollo Crews when Trick would try to hand Mello a steel chair. He would get on the ring apron and then we would see a returning Dabakato, or formerly known as Commander Aziz, pop up from the audience and hop the barricade, grab Trick, and get him off the ring apron. When Apollo saw Dabakato, he would smile and they would dap up, and this would allow Mello to hit a springboard clothesline to allow Mello to finish off Apollo with nothing but net to win the second fall. Now, after the match was done, Dabakato would get in the ring, walk over to Apollo, and help him up, and we get this uh, brotherly vibe between Apollo and Dabakato. They hug each other, and we think, okay, everything's nice and cool. We're going to have Apollo back with Dabakato here, uh, bodyguard-style frontman deal, but no. Kato would headbutt Apollo, and then he would hit a bottle bomb on Apollo on the chair in the middle of the ring, so it seems that we now have Dabakato going against Apollo Crews, coming down the line on NXT. And I'm cool with this because you know what? I would rather have Dabakato go against Apollo and have Apollo get built back up instead of we're going back to the same recipe with Dabakato and Apollo being together. And that stuff didn't work when they were on the main roster. So now we have them as enemies. It's going to be interesting to see how this rivalry between both of these guys are going to affect both of them in NXT. Now, getting to Carmelo Hayes, Carmelo will get a superstar entrance off the bat because once he comes down, Trick announces him as the breakout tournament winner, the unifier of the North American Championship and the Cruiserweight Championship, a two-time North American champion. I mean, he just lists off all of Carmelo's uh, accolades, and it would show up on the screen as, like, the banners raising up. And then after he says it, he says, introducing him and Carmelo will come out again. Carmelo has the star feature, the star quality that WWE looks in a person. And you can see in the presentation of Carmelo Hayes that, yo, we are pushing Carmelo Hayes as that next guy. And the fans are cool with it because we all see it. Carmelo Hayes has that star aura that you need to make it and want to be a legit main eventer. Some people don't need to have the star uh, quality, like the picture-esque quality that you think of. Okay, when you see him, oh, he's a main eventer. No, some guys don't have to have that, and they end up being a main event by hook or by crook. But Carmelo Hayes, he has everything. He has the appearance. He has the ring attire and the personality. He has everything that it takes for him to be a main eventer, and also adding Trick Williams with him for, what, two years now? It's never ever a bad thing to see these two together and just the way they play off of each other. You can tell that WWE, NXT, whoever is in charge of this thing is pushing Carmelo as the next guy. So 
with Carmelo winning this, it sets Carmelo up as being the next number one contender for the NXT Championship. Now, after this, we get a fatal four-way match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. We have the champions, the New Day, coming out in Street Fighter gear. Uh, Kofi will be wearing gear that represents Blanca, as Xavier will be representing gear that has E Honda going against the challengers Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang, Pretty Deadly, and Chase Hughes, Andre Chase, and Duke Hudson. Now, we will get new tag team champions with Gallus winning the match by pinfall, when Wolfgang will catch Xavier off the ropes and hold him, and Mark Coffey will hit a running drop kick, and Wolfgang will hit a power slam to cover Xavier to win the match, and now we have new NXT tag team champions. I did not expect Gallus to win this. I thought New Day were going to hold the tag team titles and drop them at uh, Stand and Deliver in Hollywood. So for Gallus to win this tag team titles here, I'm not mad at it because I'm a fan of Gallus because those guys are different than every other style of tag team out here. They are able to do power. They're able to do speed. They're able to do uh, agility. But when you look at them, you don't think that they're able to do all those things, but Gallus actually is able to. And also with the ability to have Joe Coffey, who still hasn't uh, returned yet. I don't know what's up with him, but for him to just be lurking in the wings to just pop up, that's going to be great whenever he pops back up. And now you have a three-man unit as Gallus just running the tag team division. But this match here, it was chaotic. It was everything that you expected to be. Uh, Andre Chase, he got a big... Uh, heroes welcome because they were in North Carolina. He's from North Carolina. So everybody gave Andre Chase the big heroes welcome. You got your usual uh, spots that happen in here. Everybody will be fighting outside. Two people will be fighting on the top turnbuckle and uh, somebody will get thrown off into the big pile. You got that usual thing. I mean, it was everything that you want in a fiddle for a tag team title match here. But the big thing to take away from this is that Gallus is your new NXT Tag Team Champions. But who they're going against next, I have no idea. Again, if it was me, I would have had New Day win to drop them to Schism at uh, TakeOver Stand and Deliver. But we'll have to wait and see. I hope that we get a Schism versus Gallus at TakeOver Stand and Deliver. That's what I'm hoping now since New Day is not in the picture. If we get Schism going against Gallus, I'm all in for it. So I hope they're able to do that, but time will tell. And it still raises questions now, is Andre Chase and Duke Hudson still going to be a thing? Because, again, there's still questions of Duke Hudson riding with Andre Chase. This match had Andre Chase and Duke Hudson still working on one accord, but there's still that lingering effect for being an NXT watcher. You know the storyline that they're telling here. When is that? When is the other shoe going to drop? When is Duke going to turn on Andre or when Andre going to just like beat the crap out of Duke Hudson? Only time will tell. But again, Gallus is your new NXT Tag Team Champions. Now off to the triple threat for the NXT Women's Championship. Roxanne Perez defending her championship against Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Roxanne would win the match by pinfall when Roxanne and JC were on the top turnbuckle. And Roxanne had JC in position to hit Pop Rocks. Gigi would get on the ring apron and hold JC's arm to make sure that she wouldn't fall over. Roxanne would punch Gigi countless of times and shove her off the ring apron, and Gigi would fall and smash through the table that Gigi and JC set up earlier in the match. Now, once that happens, Roxanne would then hit a super pop rocks on JC, cover her to 
retain her NXT Women's Championship. You know how these triple threat matches go when the champion is going against two people that are in a team or in a stable. It always happens like this. The champion will fight out uh, the team, and then the team will get the better of the champion, and then one person starts covers the other. One of the other teammates pull her off, and then that's whenever the whole dissension starts happening between the team, and this was the same recipe that usually happens. Now, what's the biggest question now after this is, who's Roxanne going to be facing coming stand and deliver time? If I had to put money on it, I will say Tiffany Stratton, to be honest with you, because Tiffany is one of the next up-and-coming NXT, like, women division stars that they are putting like money into to be honest because they already repackaged tiffany at the beginning of the year well a couple of weeks ago and for her to have a match with roxanne at stand and deliver that would like up her stock more i'm not saying for her to win but i mean it wouldn't do it wrong if she did win because then you can get a longer feel with roxanne and tiffany over the nxt women's championship i would not be against it however people are saying well it looks like they're going to do core jade going against roxanne and then they go back to that storyline again hey i'm not against that neither because guess what it's always the best friends going against enemies storyline that you could constantly go back to we've seen it multiple times with johnny gargano and champa in nxt and for roxanne and core to do that i'm not against that neither so they got a lot of different angles they could go with. My biggest concern and biggest question is now with Gigi Dolan and JC, what's up with those two? Are they going to still stay a unit? Or are we going to try to split them up and have them do their own thing? Or is somebody going to come from the main roster, come down to NXT and link up with those two? And then we get a new super faction group with those three. I have no idea. That's the biggest question that's coming out of this triple threat match. But in the end, again, Roxanne Perez is still your NXT Women's Champion. Now off to the main event, steel cage match for the NXT Championship. We have the champion, Braun Breaker, going against the challenger, Grayson Waller. Braun would retain his NXT Championship by pinfall when Braun would get Grayson Waller, who was standing on top of the cage, and he would grab Grayson and hit him with a superplex. Braun would get up and spear Grayson Waller and then get hyped up. Braun will go over to Grayson and let him know that this is his dog pound and that he runs NXT. Grayson being defiant as only he can be, he will pie face Braun and tell him to finish him off. Do it. Braun would run off the ropes and hit Grayson Waller with another spear to pin Grayson and end the match. The only way you can win this match, by the way, was by pinfall submission. So you might be asking yourself, why didn't Grayson uh, just get out of the cage as soon as he was at the top? Well, it was because of that. It was only by a pinfall submission. You couldn't win by escape. So that's the one little thing I do see that NXT or WWE picked up from AEW because AEW was, I believe, the first company in a while that had that as a stipulation for a cage match. And I believe that was an old school type of thing when old school wrestling, like in the 80s, where a steel cage match would happen and only be won by pinfall submission. That whole escape crap didn't like play a part until like later, later in the years. But this steel cage match, it is what you expect. Uh, Grayson Waller being Grayson Waller, he will play games with Braun Breaker. He at one point where you have Braun Breaker uh, tied up in the ropes and just start throwing boxing jabs to Braun Breaker's face. And Grayson Waller would just play off of Braun Breaker so much. And Braun, being Braun, he would use his strength, uh, speed against Grayson Waller. And that was the only thing here. We all knew that Braun Breaker was going to win the matchup here. 
I will say Grayson Waller did come out with a champion style entrance because at one point you saw him walking backstage. He had like the chainmail gear on his head, the same style of chainmail gear that Scott Steiner would be wearing on his head. So he's poking fun at Braun Breaker's whole family lineage with that. Then when Grayson Waller would come out to make his entrance, ladies would be standing like at the entrance in a line, just like dancing, holding bottles and glass. And then you see one girl walk behind Grayson Waller with a golden shoe. And again, Australian thing, once they win a big event, they always pour their drink into their shoe and drink it. So that was mainly the representation of Grayson Waller already counting his chickens before the eggs hatch. So Grayson Waller already thought he was going to win the championship tonight. But as you could tell, he did not. Um, so I can see big things for Grayson Waller next. I wouldn't be mad if Grayson Waller took the NXT North American title off of Wesley. I wouldn't be mad if that, if that happens. So if we get a Grayson Waller Wesley match somewhere down the line and that happens, I'm not mad at that, uh, situation happening, but we'll have to see when time, uh, goes by with that. Now, after the match, Braun Breaker would stand on top of the cage, holding an NXT championship up, posing, and then you will see at the entrance, both Carmelo and Trick walk down. And now you see Carmelo just looking at Braun. And then Braun would get the sense of somebody's watching him. And he turns his head and he sees Carmelo there. And now we as NXT fans and fans in general that watch the show, we know exactly what's coming next for the NXT championship. Braun Breaker going against Carmelo Hayes. More than likely as stand in the liver. Something that everybody wants to see because these are two guys that have been the face of this whole new rebrand of NXT going at it to determine who's actually the number one face of NXT. And again, it's going to be a fun, enjoyable ride to see how this uh, story goes with these two guys. And for me, again, Carmelo should win at the end, but only time will tell. But that was your NXT Avengers Day review. This show was about a good three hours long. Again, the matches that you should see on here, definitely, if I were to really like pick some matches, is always the North American Championship match. Between Wesley and Dijak. I would say watch the two out of three falls with Apollo Crews and Carmelo. And for me, I'm always a sucker for tag teams matches. So I would say the NXT women's tag team matches and also the Fatal 4-Way tag team match. Those are the matches that I would pick to watch out of this event. So that's just my review of this event here. I hope you guys have a great day. I love you all. I thank you. If you guys want to listen to me talk about news topics, my episode is out now. It's called Lawsuits. And it's not me being sued, anything of that nature. It's just that I cover a lot of lawsuits in that episode. But if you don't, you guys can check me out again next Saturday for the wrestling highlights of the week. But with that all being said, I love you guys. Take care. And Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh Jesus wept.